4: Betting Across America here from vison VEASAN and vison.com Fubo's Sling, you can find us all over the place, and we're glad that you did if you're here with us right now. At the South Point Sportsbook in Las Vegas, I am Adam Candy because it is truly Betting Across America, the host of the Market Insights podcast, the contributor all over the Visa network and Point Spread Weekly, Josh Applebaum, joins us here as well from Boston, Massachusetts, home of The Boston Red Sox, who are playing in Tampa Bay today, we have a whole lot of baseball to talk about here. Josh, we'll get there in just a moment as we go through some of our plays that we like in Major League Baseball, as well as uh, some of the big storylines from the trade deadline. But a little bit of NFL news, not anything huge to, to talk about here, but just catching people up in case they've missed what's happened over the last day or two uh, Carson Wentz is out indefinitely with an issue in his foot. Uh, the Bears, I should say, the Colts, uh, have signed Brett Hundley uh, to come in and add some depth to that QB room. Getting ahead of myself with the Bears because of the potential of a Nick Foles trade uh, to the Colts. Uh, the Ravens and Justin Houston agreed to a one year deal. Guy, I might be able to add a little bit of pass rush to that defense. Um, And Bill Belichick also comes out and reiterates the fact, not that I think any of us were doubting this, uh, that Cam Newton is the starting quarterback for the New England Patriots. Uh, Josh, starting with the the Carson Wentz news and then uh, moving to anything else that you find interesting there, uh, what do you make of the news in the NFL over the last 24 hours or so?
5: Yeah, so I think Carson Wentz kind of is the biggest storyline here, and this is a guy that uh, had a really promising start to his career. Remember, he was on pace for that MVP season. Then he gets hurt. Nick Foles leads leads uh, the the Eagles, as we like to call them, to uh, uh, to the to the uh, to the Super Bowl here. So. Getting Carson Wentz to me was kind of like, I don't know, I wasn't as big as as Carson Wentz as other people are. I remember him young playing great, but uh, he hasn't been the same Carson Wentz for a long time. Injuries really, really have racked up and and kind of, uh, you know, put question marks in his career moving forward. So I think they didn't really give a lot to get him, to bring him to Indianapolis. And obviously thinking that he's going to partner with Frank Reich here and kind of be his quarterback whisperer and get him back to that level that that we think he can be. Um, obviously, the Colts have one of the best rosters overall, I think, in the NFL. Uh, great great offensive line, uh, really good young defense. They have some good young offensive skill players like Michael Pittman and, you know, still have T.Y. Hilton, good running game, uh, drafted Taylor early. Uh, but I think this quarterback position is a question mark. And even though they have a great roster, what's was intriguing to me, uh, Adam, is their win total was 9.5, really juiced to the over. Uh, I think it was minus 150 to the over. Now it's off the board as we await and figure out what's going to happen with Carson Wentz. So uh, we do know Frank Reich had a COVID issue. Carson Wentz was hurt. Uh, Darius Leonard's been hurt. There's a lot of question marks here. Uh, Ryan Kelly, their starting center also got hurt. So this is a Colts team that uh, and they just lost Justin Houston. He just signed, as I think, as you mentioned, to, to the Ravens here. So I want to know what this win total opens back up with the Colts. I think this is a double-digit win team. Uh, but if it's going to be you know, Jacob Eason or Sam Ellinger's on that team as a rookie, I don't expect him to play. But then you get Brett Hundley. I don't know. This is I'm not as high on the Colts here as I was before. Uh, and Carson Wentz, what does Alton definitely mean? Can he be back in a month? Can he be back in a couple weeks? How much time does he miss? That's a big question mark here. I love the roster. But I don't know if I can I can lay that juice to the over. It's probably going to come down and maybe it's back. Maybe it's nine now. Maybe it's eight and a half. We don't know where it's going to reset once it reopens, comes back on the board. But I would just be a little concerned about the Colts right now. Uh, with no Carson Wentz, he, he was back, was against the wall anyway, changing teams. Uh, I don't know how this is going to play out, but not a good
4: sign here if you like the Colts. Josh, we're going to talk about uh, division futures in a little while here. So I'll save my full Carson Wentz breakdown uh, for that time. But what I will say is that if you take a starting quarterback off this roster, what you have left is the Denver Broncos. Uh, you have a team that is very good in a lot of places, a high-end defense, some skill position players who have the opportunity to make a huge impact. You have number one receiver in both places, Um Granted, you probably have the better running back with Jonathan Taylor in Indianapolis, but at the same time, I don't know what's left for the Colts. That being said, it wouldn't take much uh, in a trade for me to feel like they had competent starting quarterback play to give them an opportunity to compete in what is going to be a weak division in the AFC South, but... You know, uh, taking that quarterback away is a big, big deal in Indianapolis. Betting across America is live from Las Vegas and Boston. Adam Candy at the South Point here. Josh Applebaum is in Boston. Our show is presented by BetMGM. We're going to get back to the National Football League in just a few moments here. But, Josh, it is as usual here in late July, a big day in Major League Baseball. Usually today today is the trading deadline on July 31st. That actually came a day early yesterday on July 30th, and we saw contenders loading up for the stretch run as it appears to be a little more wide open than we thought it would be. We thought the Dodgers were going to be a runaway kind of team this year with the starting pitching they had, bringing in Trevor Bauer, et cetera, et cetera. Well, things haven't worked out exactly as the Dodgers have planned and teams are seeing some openings and some opportunities to maybe go after them. Two of the teams that certainly have a chance are the Astros and the NL lead, NL West leading San Francisco Giants. Those two teams will face off today in San Francisco with a good pitching matchup between Zach Greinke And Alex Wood, Josh, you mentioned earlier that the Astros actually opened as a short favorite. They've moved to a short dog in this 4.05 p.m. Eastern start. Giants minus 115, Astros plus 105 with an 8.5 total juice slightly to the under.
5: Yeah, Adam, I'm looking back in the Giants here in this one. You know, to me, anytime you see a play that doesn't make any sense in terms of a line move, uh, that raises my eyebrows and, lets, and kind of tells me, hey, if it looks fishy, there's something going on here. So the fishy move here is that the public's on the Astros, yet the line is going to the Giants. That's kind of a, a classic example of reverse line movement. Even though majority of bets are on team A, the line goes to team B. So right off the bat, you know, the Astros did have a, a big win yesterday. They ended up winning uh nine to six. Altuve uh played great there offensively. And and that they were a plus one thirteen dog. Sharps were actually on the Giants last night, did not come through because if you look at that last night's game, uh San Fran opened like a pick'em, minus one oh five, got bet up all the way to like minus one twenty-five and lost the game. So the the sharp move did not come through yesterday. But it looks like pros are not gonna uh just kind of be uh zigzag reactionary. They're back on they're back going to the well here with the G-Men. Uh the G-Men as you open here, uh, and as you mentioned, Adam, you know, the Houston Astros were minus 120, minus 115 favorite on the road. Uh, the public is saying, hey, I'll ride Grinky and a great Astros team laying a short number. Yet, despite that heavy betting to Houston, the line's completely flipped to the Giants. Giants going from plus 110 payout to now laying minus 115. So good move here toward the Giants. Uh, and again, ask yourself this, if everyone's betting the, the Astros today, two thirds of bets, if not more, why is the, why is the number getting better? Uh, for the Astros. Why are you getting a plus money payout when at first you had to lay a minus 120? Tells me respected money on the G-men here. You do have some trends. Number one, interleague line moves are really important. You got to play the style uh, of baseball that uh, in the home ballpark and the league that you're playing in. So these interleague line moves, 58% in general. Also, uh, non-division home favorites, that's the position the Giants are in right now. Those teams are 336 and 209, 62% win rate here. San Fran 26 and 10 uh, as a home favorite. So when they're at home, they're expected to win. They have. I'd look to San Fran in this one. And then also, um, you know, look at the total. uh, Eight up to eight and a half. I think it might have ticked up a little bit here uh, telling me there could have been some over money but now the eight and a half is juiced up a little bit under you know my only concern here uh, in terms of a weather report Adam uh, it's gonna be a cool day only like 65 degrees uh by the bay but wind is blowing out 10 to 15 miles an hour and also you do have Houston as one of the best over teams in baseball uh, 59 and 43 so I'm looking at the uh, at the Los Gigantes here in this one Adam
4: the Coldest winter I ever spent was a summer in San Francisco, as Mark Twain said. (laughs) So uh, any sort of cold weather wind blowing certainly makes it more difficult to get the ball up and out in San Francisco. Night games are a little more challenging than day games, but this park still plays as one of the bottom seven in baseball in terms of park factor for home runs 28th. It's still very difficult day or night to hit the long ball here at both Granky and would have been. Uh, outstanding on the year, Greinke has struggled, of course, with adjusting to a lack of velocity. But uh, it seems to be a guy who has had success against these Giants over the years. 177 plate appearances and a FIP touching down near two, fielding independent percentage, basically a better measure of ERA against those current Giants. Uh, I have a small play on the first five under four and a half, minus 120 in this one. Two more teams that could give the Dodgers a challenge this year. Josh, your hometown Red Sox and the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, This is a line that's been bouncing around just a little bit today. The Rays are a short favorite no matter what way you slice it here. At the south point, minus 116 on the Rays, plus 106 coming back on Boston. Ryan Yarbrough, the opener for Tampa Bay. Nathan Evaldi, who has been the most consistent starter for the Boston Red Sox, on the bump down at the trop. Eight and a half is the total juiced under.
5: Yeah, so, Adam, similar situation the Rays are in to where San Francisco's in. So if you like San Fran, you probably like Tampa Bay. They're almost in the same exact spot, very similar line movement, uh, as well as, you know, Houston and Boston kind of in the same position here. But I'm looking toward Tampa Bay. This looks like a pretty sharp line move uh, to the Rays here. They did get it done yesterday as a minus-135 uh, favorite at home. They beat the Red Sox 7-3. to uh, And another, an ancillary thing to keep an eye out here, uh, Adam, would be this division race in the American League. You have Tampa Bay uh, only a half game back of the Red Sox, but Boston is still a minus 125 favorite to win the AL East at BetMGM, Tampa Bay plus 130. So aside from today's game, if you think Tampa Bay, a team that really never goes away and typically gets better toward, uh, toward the back end of the year, Plus 130 to win the AL East, only only half game back. They win today, they're up a half game, so those odds move. If you like Tampa, you may want to jump the plus 130 right now. But for today's game here, Adam, you know it, it, I think a lot of public betters are saying, "Give me the Red Sox here. They're the popular play." Uh, I think the thought process is, "Hey, two really good teams, almost the same record. Red Sox lost yesterday. They got to bounce back and win today. Kind of that gambler's mentality, gambler's fallacy uh, sort of mentality here." The Red Sox have been good as a a dog, you know, 23 and 15. They've been good against uh, lefties, 22 and 17. However, with all that being said, Sharps are going raise here. I'm going to go raise with them. This is a public play to the Red Sox yet. Red Sox open, uh, kind of a short minus 110 favorite on the road. And even though they're the popular play, the line has flipped to Tampa Bay. So Tampa Bay has gone from little plus money, plus 105, plus 104, now to laying minus 116. So uh, a lot of matches here. Uh, home favorite off a win. That's been a good system. Uh, 350 and 230, 60.3%. Uh, also, Tampa Bay is a home favorite 26 and 12. When they've been at home expected to win, they've done pretty well. And then also keep an eye on the total here. You know, it's eight and a half, it's juiced up under. One thing I always look for is uh, unders in domes or closed roof stadiums. Anytime you have uh, the lack of weather and no wind, you know, blowing the ball out, uh, perfect conditions for the pitcher. For the fielders, ball doesn't travel. You do see a lot of Tropicana field unders historically. There's never a guarantee, but I think they're around 54%. So maybe maybe a low-scoring game, but my play here would be the money line here with the Rays.
4: Well, Josh, I'm going to join the public, but for a different reason. I'm going to join them in a little bit of a smaller market, and it's correlated to a market that you might be a little more familiar with. Let's start with the matchup here. I like to look at pitching versus hitting matchups. Minimum 20 plate appearances, Uh, like to get a little more than that when possible, but that's sort of the baseline for where you can get a real feel for how a hitter does against a pitcher. And this one popped off the screen at me this morning, looking at J.D. Martinez against Ryan Yarbrough. Now, there are a number of Boston Red Sox who hit well against Yarbrough, but J.D. Martinez is the best of them. 11 for 19 with a pair of walks in his career against Yarbrough, but it's the quality of the contact. The slugging percentage is nearly 1,200. Yes, that's a number you don't hear very often because nobody hits the ball that hard uh, that consistently, but 8 of 11 hits for J.D. Martinez against Ryan Yarbrough have been for extra bases. Two home runs and six doubles even if you take his statcast data that says well has he gotten lucky at all he has an expected slugging percentage over 800 against Yarborough so I'm gonna take total bases on JD Martinez over one and a half at plus 110 he's plus 360 to Homer if you want to go that way and you like a slightly larger payout certainly understand the same logic would apply to that bet but I like the idea of JD Martinez being able to get a double which he's done six times in 19 at bats and getting plus money. On that, a plus 110 against Ryan Yarbrough. Now, I mentioned it is Christian Vasquez as well, Rafael Devers as well, Xander Bogarts as well. All of these guys do very well against Yarbrough, but Yarbrough as an opener, not likely to pitch more than a couple of times through the rotation. Nathan Evaldi has been a reliable starting pitcher All those things together, I will take the Red Sox first five on the money line. Uh, I have it at even money on Ivaldi, and uh, hope that the Boston Red Sox hit to their history against Ryan Yarbrough. All of those guys with at least 20 plate appearances against the Tampa Bay opener. Josh, I know you also had another handful of baseball plays to get to today. Let me make sure I'm reading off the list accurately here. Let's start out on the West Coast with the A's and the Angels where NorCal has owned SoCal.
5: You're totally right here. This is a play uh, that jumped out to me as a big line move and also a situation where I think the pros and the Joes are in agreement here with the Oakland Athletics. So uh, the A's have really had the Angels number. They're 11-3 against the Halos this year. They have really dominated that head-to-head matchup. Uh, and I think this is a situation where really wise guys, they're not outsmarting themselves. You know, you look at the pitching matchup, big advantage you would think on paper here to the Athletics. They're pitching Cole Irvin, a lefty, 7-9. And, and You say, hey, not a very good win-loss record, but 3.62 ERA. This is a guy that uh, maybe gotten a bit unlucky here with some decisions that didn't go his way. Even though his ERA is pretty good. Uh, he's going up against Jaime Barilla, who's 1-0, and but a 6.23 ERA. His ERA is much higher here. So uh, advantage, you would think, to the Athletics. Uh, they've had the number of the Angels, 11-3 and 3 overall. Uh, and they're also 2-0 and this series. They won the first game. 4-0, uh, 2-1, uh, to one, or sorry, 2 nothing, and then 4 nothing. So they've outscored the Angels 6 nothing in this series. And it looks like more of the same today. Uh, this game opened, the Athletics only like a minus-115 favorite on the road, minus-120-ish. They've been steamed all the way up to minus-145. So this is one of those conundrums, Adam, where you always say, you know, am I quote-unquote chasing steam? Am I getting the worst of it at this point? Uh, you are technically, but when I see sharp action that just doesn't quit, uh, to me, I'd rather be on that side than than go against a sharp money move here. So I'm looking toward the A's. Uh, team's getting steam, 15 cents or more off a win. They're 169 and 118 this year, 59. percent uh, Also, run differential. You know, Oakland has been the better team, just in how many runs you give up, how many you score. They're plus 48 run differential. The Angels only minus 1 uh, minus 39. And I think the play too is like the eight, the Athletics made some moves here at the deadline. You know, we didn't talk about them as winning the trade deadline, but you bring in Starling Marte, you bring in uh, Josh Harrison and Jan Gomes. I think these are small moves that uh, provide a little bit of boost. And in that locker room, you're saying, hey, you know, our management believes in us. So it could, that could be a good signal uh, to that locker room. So I'm going to go athletics here. I'm going to lay the minus 146. I wish I got the number a little bit earlier, but a good move there to the A's who are 11 and three against the Angels this year.
4: Yeah, that Starling Marte addition will be interesting because his numbers have been very strange this year. Walk rate way up, strikeouts way up, a lot of things that don't necessarily agree in his analytic profile, but it is one of the higher profile additions that the Oakland A's have made the trade deadline in recent years. The Gomes and Harrison acquisitions look a lot like what they usually do, bringing in sort of useful parts from other teams and putting their uh, putting their roster together. But Starling Marte could be a difference maker for this Oakland A's team. Uh, another team that brought in a difference maker is the New York Mets, Josh. Javier Baez comes over from the Chicago Cubs to form a super middle infield with him and Francisco Lindor whenever he comes back from the strained oblique. Another one of their additions, Rich Hill from Tampa Bay, takes the bump today against Wade Miley for the uh, Cincinnati Reds, who won last night with an offensive explosion. Joey Votto today will try to tie the Major League record for homers in consecutive games at eight. Mets are minus 119, Reds plus 109, with a total of nine juiced under.
5: Yeah, so first off, Adam, what's the prop on Joey Votto hit a bomb today? It's got to be, what, plus 300, something like that? we got to look that one up because this guy's been absolutely on fire here recently. Uh, the Reds were a team that also made some sneaky moves, uh, adding to their bullpen, getting Cessa, uh from the Yankees. So uh, they added a little bit of pitching as well. But uh, yesterday we did see the Mets lose. You know, since he won the opener six to two, uh, they're a plus one twenty five dog in that game. Uh, you saw a lot of money hit Carrasco coming back from uh, from injury there, and it did it was the sharp move did not come through as the Reds get it done as a dog. Uh, But it looks similar to me today, Adam. You know, this is a seven o'clock game. I I wanna see one more move to the Mets. I'm leaning Mets, but I wanna see a little more action in their favor. Uh, This is a split ticket count right down the middle. 50-50. 50-50. Uh, public doesn't really know where to go in this one. Uh, but we've seen a little bit of movement to the Mets. We're only like five cents, nothing crazy. But a lot of these books open around, you know, minus 115 to the Mets. They're creeping up to around minus 120. I see a couple books. Uh, is closer to like minus 125. They take in a lot of uh, big respected money. So uh, that is a good signal there that a sharp book like that is moving further to New York. Um, so the fact that this line is going to the Mets, even though it's down the middle in terms of ticket count, Look, looks like a little bit of a lean to the Mets for me. I want to see this before 7 o'clock get to minus 125, something further like that. I don't want any buyback late on the Reds. That would kind of make me a little nervous. But with the Mets, they're 25 and 14 at home, 64%. We have seen short home favorites, minus 140 or less. Uh, fifty-seven percent this year uh, with about a five percent return on investment. So I'll be leaning uh, Mets here at this point, Adam. But again, I'm gonna I'm gonna monitor this one. Give me give me a couple more cents to the Mets that'll make me feel more confident. But as of now, I'm leaning Mets.
4: Certainly understand uh, where that handicap comes from, Josh. You mentioned Joey Votto; he is plus three eighty. Uh, to Ooh. Homer today, there it is. and keep in mind that part of that is based on the matchup. The short shot today for the Reds is actually a Eugenio Suarez, who as a plus two eighty because you've got the righty lefty matchup. What you have for Joey Votto today is a much more challenging uh, square off against a lefty on the season. Joey Votto against right-handed pitching. 311 average with 19 home runs, 207 average with two homers against lefties. Uh, Rich Hill, not a guy who's going to go very deep into the game, likely two turns through the rotation uh, for Rich Hill, but certainly a big breaking ball and very tough on left-handers. So it will be a challenge for Joey Votto to be able to get that eighth consecutive game with a home run. Tied Dale Long, Don Mattingly, and Ken Griffey Jr. We've got plenty more to talk about. Josh still has a few Major League Baseball plays. We'll recap what he likes in the UFC later on in the show. Some National Football League talk as well as we continue. We appreciate you spending part of your Saturday afternoon with us here from Las Vegas and Denver on Betting Across America from VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Football season just around the corner. It's time to get into BetMGM Sports Nevada premier sports betting app. BetMGM has all your favorite wagering options along with in-game betting, boosted odds, specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today. Stop by any MGM casino on the Strip with your state-issued ID to open an account. Start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Welcome back into Betting Across America. Um... Just one quick correction. Josh Applebaum did not move to Denver. I am just very, very used to having James Salinas on the other end here. But Josh joins us from Boston. I'm Adam Candy here in Las Vegas. Uh, Let's take a quick look, Josh, at the Olympic golf leaderboard and the updated odds from overnight. Because you can bet into this uh, most of the day, 6.30 p.m. Eastern start in the Olympic golf tournament. Xander Shoffley is your leader at 11 under. He is your betting favorite at plus 170 uh, Ortiz at minus 10. Matsuyama two off the pace. And Tanaki Matsuyama was bet from four to one down to three to one uh, in the overnight. Pereira, Norin, Straka all at eight, and that's uh, about as deep as you're probably going to want to go. Paul Casey is seven to one. Rory McIlroy has been bet down from 12 to nine. Uh, Ortiz at 12 to one as well. Josh, anything for you in uh, Olympic golf or have you gotten into this one?
5: I haven't gotten into this one too much here, uh, you know, Adam. One thing looking at the current standings and the numbers here, you know, Shoffley plus 170, he's, he is up uh, minus 11 here on 11 under, so that kind of makes sense. My question would be Matsuyama. Is Matsuyama worth a look? He's plus 300 right now. Uh, he's only two shots off the lead. You know, I think basically what the odds makers are telling you, Ortiz right now, second best odds at our second best, um, you know, performance thus far at 10 under. However, his his odds to win is 12 to 1. So I think you know, even though Matsuyama is one stroke behind Ortiz, his odds to win here are plus 300 versus Ortiz, which are which is 12 to one. So I'd lean a little bit Matsuyama if you want to take a flyer here. He's right behind uh, right behind Shoffley, and based on what the oddsmakers are putting for the odds to win it, uh, might be get, may, might be getting a better payout here or a smaller payout, but maybe better odds to get it done at plus 300 for Matsuyama.
4: All right, Josh, let's jump back for just a moment for those who didn't have us here last hour. First of all, why? Uh, a lot of good content. But uh, Josh, you have a couple of UFC plays coming up uh, later tonight, and they're from the prelims.
5: Yeah, from the prelims here. And I would say uh, I did see uh, everyone follow uh, Reed Kuhn on Twitter at Fightnomics, did a great job breaking down the bouts with us. And uh, I know Reed is upset because it just broke uh, over our last break that Ronnie Yaha and Kyung Ho kong and i think uh we talked to reed he really liked yaha there in that spot that flight has been postponed due to covid so there was a positive test i'm not sure which which fighter it was uh, but that's no longer on the board so unfortunately won't be able to sweat that one Uh, but a couple that that caught my eye uh you know here adam the first one was ashley yoder uh that was a play for me that just Checked off every box in, in my rudimentary betting model, UFC. Younger, taller, longer reach line move. Uh, you look at Ashley Yoder here, uh, big advantages. is 33 years old, 36 for opponent. 5 foot 6 her opponent's 52, 69 inch reach her opponent 65 inch reach and Yoder has had a move in her favor. around minus -140 up to -155. And also uh Reed Kuhn liked that one as well. So that was the that was a cherry on top. If Reed liked it and it fit my model, boom, I'm going to sweat Ashley Yoder. And then the other one was Rafa Garcia fighting Chris Grutzemacher. It's a big number here. You open -240, he's all the way up to -300, but you have a lot of advantages for Rafa Garcia. Only 26 years old, 35 for Grutzmacher, same height, a little bit of a reach advantage, 70 inches versus 68, but a big move toward uh, Garcia, going from again minus 240 up to minus 300. The biggest takeaway from what Reed said, and I highly recommend getting his book Flight Nomics. He has a, a, just some great stuff to to read there and kind of get your cap down. Keep in mind, what did he say? I asked him. Hey, we, someone in the bar walks up to you, says, "I want to sweat UFC." What's a basic thing, uh, teachable moment, something you can take away from talking to Reed? Age, 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 age. Uh, I'm not. Don't worry, Adam. This isn't against you because uh, I know you're saying the over 35. Hey, you're hey, still, hey. you're still doing well, my man, d- at 35. But here's the thing: fade fighters 35 or older, fade fighters that are five years older or more than their opponent. Uh, the fast twitch, butt, twist fast twitch muscles uh, aren't as quick and that youth advantage can really really come to play so fading that 35 or older that would match but betting against Grutzemacher and sweating uh, Rafa Garcia here
4: you know what Josh as Toby Keith once very smartly said I'm not as good as I once was but I'm as good once as I ever was that's all I got left so I can hit a couple of three-pointers but then I'm probably gonna pull something and I gotta leave the court When we come back, let's talk a little more NFL, some division odds. What does the Carson Wentz injury do to the Colts and the Titans in the AFC South? That is on the way from Betting Across America on the Sports Betting Network. This week's episode of the Ron Flatter Racing Pod features Saratoga Live TV host Lafitte Pinkai discussing today's Vanderbilt handicap and Jim Dandy stakes. John and Mike Baird remember the late Dale Baird, whose record as North America's winningest trainer is about to fall. Las Vegas horse player and bookmaker Paul Zilm handicaps today's top races. Subscribe now. I heart. Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, or download it today at vison.com slash podcast. The Ron Flatter Racing Pod is sponsored by First Bet. And uh, just to dispel a rumor, no truth to the, uh, to the word out there that you can go on Cameo and get Ron Flatter to read the pod to you any given week, uh, you're going to have to go download it from one of these sources. It's been across America live from Las Vegas and Boston, Adam candy and Josh Applebaum. We teased before the break, some NFL talk because training camps are underway. And one of them has already produced a bad result for the Indianapolis Colts. We talked earlier about the Carson Wentz injury, Josh, and what that could ultimately mean for Indianapolis also affects the odds a little bit, both in the Super Bowl futures and in the AFC South Colts are now 28 to one in the Super Bowl market. But let's go to the AFC South where Titans moved to minus 110 Colts, to plus 140. These two teams were pretty much flat, even uh, going into the beginning of training camp. Jags are seven to one. Texans are twenty-two to one. So of course we're just talking about these top two teams here. How does that affect your potential handicap of the AFC South winner with these line moves that we've seen on the Colts and the Titans, Josh?
5: Yeah, so first off, I think we got to be a little cautious with kind Of recency bias and overreacting to news because you know, perfect example was uh, remember Adam last week when we heard the news that or the rumor or speculation that Aaron Rodgers would retire, and there was a day where I felt like everybody on Twitter was uh, and I and I fell into this trap as well hammer the Vikings to win that division with no Aaron Rodgers. The Vikings became they're like I think they're like plus 200 down to like a uh, almost a minus number or like a plus 125. Then Rodgers says he's going to come back. Packers are now the favorite again, and now the Vikings are, are back up to, like, the plus 200 area. So we got to be careful overreacting to news. Uh, let the dust settle. Get some more information. We know that Carson Wentz is out indefinitely, but we don't know what that indefinitely means. Is that out for the year? Is that out for two months, a month, a couple weeks? We don't know. Uh, we do know that the Colts have a really good roster. We hit on them earlier. Uh, good defensive team. Uh, you know, Darius Leonard, you know, led, led this good defensive team. They draft Quiddy Pay. They got a lot of offensive weapons. But I do think uh, this opens the door a little bit to the Tennessee Titans. So both for the Titans and for the Colts, Their win totals i mean you can feast on the jaguars and the texans Uh, i really like the jaguars under six and a half win total adam that was a bet that i've already made Uh, i like fading rookie court uh, rookie quarterbacks rookie coaches Uh, they go one and 15 last year the the Jags could improve by let's say two or three games and win you know three games this year four games this year still get that under six and a half so i really like that one texans could be a really bad team but Deshaun Watson did report to training camp, so we got to figure out, is he going to get suspended? You think he probably is, uh, but there's a question mark with the Texans. We think they're going to be terrible, but let's just see how that develops. My play is the Titans. If you have Carson Wentz out, who we talked earlier, I'm not a huge Carson Wentz fan to begin with, but I'd rather hit, have, that, have him be under center than Jacob Eason or Sam Ellinger or, or uh, who was it, Brett Hundley they just signed here. That's worrisome, so I think the opening here is for the Titans. You can lean on you know your three-headed monster of – um, or a four-headed monster here with, you know, Tannehill, with uh, Derrick Henry, with A.J. Brown, with Julio Jones. I don't love their defense. You know, this could be a team maybe you target a lot of overs here. They don't – they're, they're high-flying offense, bad defense. That's a good thing for an over. But t- Titans just paying a juice price, minus 110. I like them with Tannehill and with Mike Vrabel's system much more than I do with all the question marks with the Colts
4: here. But uh, what do you think, Adam? Would this lean, lean you to gravitate uh, to the Titans in this spot? So Josh, I already was on the Titans in this division um, because of the market difference between Ryan Tannehill and Carson Wentz. Uh, I will tell you that this morning, uh, our friends at Circus Sports still had a plus 105 on the Titans to win the division. I took that uh, when I was going and looking for some other wagers as well, but let's talk about Carson Wentz because... I was not as sold as some people. Josh, you mentioned earlier that you were also on the uh, the train of maybe this isn't as big of an upgrade as some would say because shh, Philip Rivers actually played pretty well last year. And so Carson Wentz did not. Carson Wentz, by pro football focus grade last year, who was he between? He was between Drew Locke and Mitch Trubisky. Ooh. That is not... A ringing endorsement. You talked about how well he played in his MVP season. His pro football focus grades have declined four consecutive years since that time. So I'm not sold on the narrative of Frank Reich fixes Carson Wentz. In fact, I think Carson Wentz could be someone who holds this team back from being a real contender. Granted, Roster for roster, Colts versus Titans. I do think the Colts probably have the better starting 22 all in all, but the difference between Tannehill and Wentz is marked. And if you're going to give me one elite unit, the elite unit that I'll take is the Titans offense over the Colts defense. And that's the way that I would end up handicapping this division based on the fact that I just cannot trust Carson Wentz, healthy or not. And and then we don't know what happens beyond this. You know, if they go make a trade, If they bring in a Gardner Minshew, that might change my opinion a little bit because Gardner Minshew was proven to be a serviceable NFL quarterback. And obviously uh, he's just there as insurance behind Trevor Lawrence. I think we can probably sneak in one more division here uh, before the break, Josh, the AFC North with the Ravens at plus 115 and the Browns at plus 150 Steelers at four and a half. And the Bengals obviously quite long here. Uh, Who do you have between the top two teams in this division, Baltimore and Cleveland?
5: So I think from an odds maker perspective, you got to put the Ravens as the favorite. Uh, This is a team that, uh, again, has made uh, huge strides here with Lamar Jackson, although now Jackson has his own COVID concerns. Uh, You have some offensive line changes there with the Ravens. They lose Matt Judon to the Patriots. So there's a little bit of turnover here, but I still think Harbaugh and Lamar Jackson and and still a pretty good defense. There's a lot to like about the Baltimore Ravens this year. Um, But I actually look toward the Cleveland Browns. I would take a shot on the Browns. Plus 150. This is a team that I'm really high on here, Adam. Uh, you know, going from last year, coach of the year Stefanski. Now he's in an, uh, his year two, feeling more acclimated to the system. I love their running game. Uh, you don't have to ask Baker Mayfield to do a ton. You can still lean on your running game. Also, Mayfield is in his, his contract here. So he's got, he has got has that added motivation to play well. Uh, you're getting Odell Beckham Jr. back. You still have Miles Garrett. And, uh, and also they spent a lot of money and, and draft capital to upgrade their defense. Um, getting uh, John Johnson, getting uh, Newsom, the cornerback, Comaroa, uh that linebacker. Who was he from? I think Notre Dame. So uh, this is a team to me that is rising, is getting better. And if I'm going to take a shot, I'm going to take the plus 150. I love their win total uh, over, oh, I think it's 10 and a half right now. But give me the Cleveland Browns in this
4: one. Yeah, heavy juice on that over a 10 and a half. But I appreciate where you're coming from, Josh. I'm with you on that. I would take them to win the division as well. And I think my hot take is that this Cleveland defense, if healthy, could be better than Baltimore's by the end of the year with the additions that they've made. More NFL when we return here from Betting Across America on VEASAN. Fearlessly on your favorite sports with a risk-free first wager up to $600 at BetMGM. Just sign up using bonus code VEASAN600 and get in the game with king of sportsbooks. Download the app, go to BetMGM.com, use promo code VEASAN600 to make your first bet risk-free up to $600. New customer offer paid in free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C. or West Virginia only. Excludes Michigan-dissociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, Virginia, and Washington, D.C. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. In Tennessee, call or text the red line 800-889-9789. In Indiana, call one 800 with it This promotional offer is not available in Nevada. Thanks for being here with us on betting across America from VEASAN and VEASAN.com. Stay tuned. The Green Zone is on its way from the Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas as they get you ready for Major League Baseball, which will be in action. They'll have your in-game betting opportunities as well. And speaking of Major League Baseball, Josh Applebaum, uh, you, sir, you, you have gone full bet the board today on, uh, on MLB, so I will give you the floor here to give the people some of your favorite Major League Baseball plays.
5: Yeah, so, uh, Adam, big, big slate today. And I got to say, be careful because the fiance is out today. She's hanging out with her friends. So I'm home alone. I get to bet on sports all day. So this, this is a big day for me. I'm I'm going to enjoy it. I got UFC. I got baseball. So I'm locked and loaded today. But uh, a couple of games that we talked about, uh, we talked about the sharp move to the Oakland A's. We talked about the sharp move to the Giants, to the Tampa Bay Rays. Those are three that I already have in pocket right now. But there are a couple other evolving plays that are happening as we speak. One that just caught my eye is Baltimore and the Detroit Tigers here. You actually saw Baltimore uh, eke out a pretty good win last night. They won 4 to 3. They're a plus 140 dog. Uh, but tonight, uh, this is a, a, seven, a 6 10 game here in Detroit. Um, this was kind of a pick'em game and it really didn't move at all. It opened Orioles minus 110, kind of stayed there. Uh, but we've seen over the last, I would say, 20 minutes, half hour, some movement toward the D- Detroit Tigers. Public's actually leaning Baltimore here. Uh, they win last, yesterday. They have a worse record but John means is on the mound. So John means uh, who came off the DL and and pitched pretty well his last time out, but he's got a 2.94 ERA Matt Manning. Not very great, six ERA. However, even though Baltimore won yesterday, they got the better pitcher on the mound here. I'm seeing some late movement to the Detroit Tigers. They went from uh, getting about a little plus money or even money to now around a minus 114, minus 112 favorite. So good move there toward Detroit. There's a big home versus road split. Baltimore, 17 and 31 on the road. They've been really bad. Uh, and Detroit, sneaky good at home, 29 and 23. So that one not catch my eye with Detroit. Uh, another big move here, Adam. Philadelphia uh, Phillies at the Pittsburgh Pirates. I think the Pirates could be a bit of an auto bet against down the stretch. Is a team that uh, sold off a lot of their parts, is bringing in a lot of young players, and they're playing a Philly team that um, I don't think they're going to take them um, for granted here. You actually had the Pirates win 7 nothing yesterday uh, as, a, as a plus 120 dog at home. But today could be a Philly play. They have uh, Aaron Nola on the mound. 4.37 ERA, uh, still a, one of the good pitchers in baseball, even though uh, his ERA may be a little higher than you expect. I think you expect him around in the threes. Uh, but he's been pretty good recently, coming off a great game against Atlanta. Going up against JT Brubaker, who's got about a five, uh, almost a 5 ERA for the Pirates here. This one opened around minus 150 Phillies steamed up all the way around minus 170. So this would match non-division favorite steam, 10 cents or more, 62% uh, win rate there for the Phillies. I'd be looking at the Phillies here. And then uh, Adam, just a couple crazy dog plays that um, they look gross, but there has been movement towards some dogs here. Number one, the Texas Rangers. Uh, They're at home against Seattle. Seattle opened uh, minus 170. Seattle's all the way down to minus 130. For whatever reason, there looks to be some respected money grabbing Texas at home getting a plus money payout. I know the Rangers are gross, they've lost a lot of games here, but uh, that's a notable move toward the Rangers. Uh, Another one would be Cleveland Indians. Uh, I guess, Adam, maybe we should call them the Guardians from now on. Get used to the name change here, but uh, the White Sox open minus 175. The White Sox are now down to minus 150. So a little bit of movement there toward Cleveland. Um, and then the other one uh, was Minnesota at the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, Cardinals had a big win yesterday. Barrios was supposed to pitch. He gets traded. Big move there to the Cardinals. They end up winning yesterday. But St. Louis today, they're pitching uh, Woodward or Woodford against Bailey Ober. And St. Louis open as kind of a big minus 140 favorite. They're down to minus 120. So a little bit of movement there toward Minnesota. That would be an interleague line move match. So uh, I don't know if anyone, if people want to sweat all these sharp dog plays, but if, if these dogs end up winning, you can't say that you didn't see it coming. I'm
4: going to give these an acronym G C D P the gross, crazy dog plays. <laughs> Josh's cr- gross, crazy dog plays. I that like three that. times fast. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll get the, we'll get the graphics folks working on a logo uh, for those. Josh, let's finish with a little college football as uh I like this one as well. Britain put together some uh, which of these teams do you like on their win total? Which team's going to have a better season overall? And start with a couple of national powers here that I think no matter where you live in the country, you follow these two, Penn State and USC. Uh, one team with a little more settled quarterback situation. Uh, one team plays in a little more wide open conference than the other. The win total on both of these teams is sitting eight and a half. Here at the moment, it's minus 125 on Penn State to go over, minus 105 on USC to go over. That's obviously juiced uh, to the under for them. Penn State is eight to one to win the Big Ten. USC is four to one to win the Pac-12, uh, and we've seen some differing numbers on that as well. I've seen them as short as 250 uh, to win the Pac-12 up there, along with Utah and Oregon. Uh, Josh, Penn State or USC, which team do you think has the better season? So I'm going to lean Penn State because it kind of looks gross.
5: That makes me like it on that that, that same uh, kind of gross theme here. So the question to me is, you know, Penn State had a pretty down year, four and five. We're used to them, you know, having a good record, you know, getting close to a a good bowl game there. And they, they struggled last year, four and five. COVID was a year that did not treat them well. Uh, USC was five and one. They had a, a smaller schedule because of COVID. Pac-12 started late, but they had a pretty good season. So my question is, if Penn State... Was below 500, and USC uh, had a good year, five and one. Keaton Slovis is another Heisman type candidate. I want to say he's around minus 2,000, somewhere around there. Um, why, if they're both, if their win total is both eight and a half, why is the over for Penn State juice minus 125, whereas the under for USC is juice minus 115? That just kind of stinks to me. On paper, I think you say, "Wow, USC, Keaton Slovis, good year. They're going to be the better team." But this could be a buy low spot with Penn State. It just it catches my eye, Adam, that even though they have a sub uh, sub 500 record last year, the odds makers are still juicing up the over. And I would imagine you probably have a lot of betters who are going to take the under with Penn State, yet they're giving you plus money. That one stinks to me. I'm going to lean Penn State. I don't I don't really totally understand it, uh, but I'm going to take that juice for for what it's worth. I'll, I'll take uh, Penn State there with a better year.
4: I'll actually take Penn State as well, despite the fact that they obviously are well short of what Keaton Slovis offers a quarterback for USC. But for me, it comes down to the schedule. Uh, USC schedule is not a lot of fun when you have to go in the non-conference and you have to play both BYU, who again will be down this year, but it's still going to be a good team. And of course you have the traditional game against Notre Dame. Let me tell you what, San Jose State's not going to be a cakewalk in game one either. They were a very competitive team last year. Then again, I go back to Penn State and I look at the non-con there and that is a much, much different situation for Penn state as uh, you know, when you have Villanova on the schedule, I feel Mm -hmm. much, much better about your chances in that spot, Indiana and Oklahoma state, uh, Indiana again, I I think probably has the better quarterback between these two teams. If Michael Penix jr. Is healthy seven and a half, the win total on both these teams as we have the big 10, the big 12 represented here.
5: Yeah, I'm going to lean Oklahoma State here, Adam. You know, the one thing that jumps out to me, you know, Indiana had a great year last year going six and two. You know, they were ranked at one point and uh, had that great offensive weaponry there overall. Uh, So on the one hand, you know, even though Oklahoma State had the better record, I think we think of Indiana as being kind of a, a surprise team that that played pretty well and is going to bring back some of their star players. Uh, but what I like is, again, I, I go to the juice. You know, I'm, I'm beating a dead horse here, Adam, but uh, the juice to me is important. It tells you where the odds makers are making you pay the higher price and why are they making you pay the higher price. Uh, it's either some liability, some respected money. I always pay attention to that. So the thing that jumps out to me uh, for this one is they're both seven and a half, well with Oklahoma State, it's minus one ten both sides. With Indiana, the under is seven and a half minus one thirty. So they're making you pay that higher price on the under for Indiana, which tells me that uh maybe it's more likely that they're the team that goes that uh toward that under seven and a half. So I'll be an okay state here, Adam. But what's your take on these
4: two teams? So Indiana on that schedule has to go play Cincinnati in the non con, and they're not winning that game. That's Cincinnati defense is outstanding they also of course have ohio state and penn state on the schedule it's going to come down to games like uh, michigan to see where indiana ends up Uh, i love michael Penix jr if he's healthy Uh, and that's really the question for indiana i think the safer bet between these two teams is oklahoma state with the defense that they have um i'm not sold on spencer sanders at all uh, at quarterback, but I do think this team can win a lot of ugly 17 14 kind of games with the defense that is available to them. Josh, uh, can, can we fit one more in here? I think we can. North Carolina and Wisconsin are both nine and a half.
5: Yeah, um, so to me, again, juice wise, actually, I think the odds makers are expecting good seasons from both these clubs, nine and a half, both over minus 120 minus 125. Slight edge here would be to Wisconsin minus 125. But I'm gonna go North Carolina, even though it's a smaller juice price. um, I'm high on this North Carolina team. Uh, I think with Sam Howell, with Mac Brown, a guy who uh, really feels like he gets better every year. He's with this uh, new team, creating a foundation. I'm high on UNC. They lost some guys in the NFL draft, uh, but led by Sam Howell, I'll lean Carolina here.
4: I'm with you, and it really comes down to Hal versus Graham Mertz. Uh, In no way am I going to project a team that has Graham Mertz starting a quarterback to win 10 games this year. Uh, I need to see it first. So talking about making this bet before the season, I'll also take uh, the competition that North Carolina will see in the ACC versus the competition that uh, Wisconsin will see in the Big Ten. Josh, it's been fun. Have a great day uh, with the fiancé away and you getting your bets in play. The Green Zone is on its way next here from VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network.
3: work.